This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 329. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. This is a Saturday bonus episode looking at another Shudder exclusive title. This week we will be looking at Lucky which dropped on Shudder yesterday. So this is nice and fresh. Stick around and you will hear my non-spoiler review. Why non-spoiler you say? Well because the movie's just dropped on Shudder and I don't want to spoil it for you. And I know some people are too lazy to skip ahead so this one's for you guys that can't find that fast forward button and those that just don't give a fuck about spoilers um yeah i'm not doing any spoilers on this episode i will i'll give you my overall feelings and point to the good and possibly the bad question mark sinister eyebrow uplift so yeah that's what's coming on this episode now we are almost at the end of the week there's one more episode left coming out from under the stairs that episode will be the return of the 88 film slasher classic collection. We'll be looking at disc number 41 in the collection, which is Terror Train. So that will come for you tomorrow, closing out the supreme week of podcasting, which saw us do another movie club, a bit of an interview review sesh with Ivan Kavanagh and his new movie, Sun. And then way back at the start of the week where we got balls deep in the second part of the A24 series. Nothing from that Teapots Collective this week, however next week we are returning strong with where to begin with. We will be, believe it or not, hitting our third episode of season number two and we'll be looking at Ghost Watch while you guys yourself will be submitting in reviews for Fear of a Black Hat. Continuing our look at faux documentaries, found footage and mockumentary movies. So yeah, there you go. There you go. That is you all caught up, which is nice, concise and sharp. And let's move it right through. So you're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Lucky. When I return, I'm discussing that movie right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight. The new podcast cure-all, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy. African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Thank you so much for coming to our little group. Thank you. This is a good bite. Lots of chocolate chips. <laughs> oh, what? You want 
Johnny, that's the man. Who comes every night and tries to kill us? We're just gonna leave him? Oh, I'm sure he's already gone. You said a man comes into our house every night and tries to kill us. <laughs> hey, put it together. What? Alone, isolated. A man could appear at any time. He keeps coming back. He should be dead. This man could be anywhere. I just don't know what I would do in that situation. Sure is scary. Very. I'm sorry, I come at a bad time. I tried to call, but. If I told you that something supernatural was happening, would you believe me? We are being attacked. There's no rationalizing it. There is no saving us. So get used to it. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Lucky. Now this movie, I believe, was supposed to land last year, but COVID, etc. Pushed it back a little bit. Shudder have acquired it and put it out there. It is directed by Natasha Kermani and is based on the screenplay by Bria Grant, who is the main actress in this one. We love a bit of Bria Grant, do we? Um, under the stairs, we do indeed. Um, so yeah, the cast is Bria Grant, Hunter C. Smith, Christina Kleb, uh, Kulsar Mohammed, Druv Udi Singh, Yasmin Al-Bustami, Leith M. Burke, Anzar Alem, Larry Cedar, Nakia Gamby-Turner, and there's other folks in here, including Chase Williamson, who is always a delight to see when his name pops up. Uh, you know, my heart skips a little beat thinking about John dies at the end. So yeah, it was good to see him in a relatively small role in this one. It is like the kind of cameo blink and you will miss it sort of performance. The synopsis is listed in IMDb as a suburban woman fights to be believed as she finds herself stopped by a threatening figure who returns to her house night after night. When she can't get help from those around her, she is forced to take matters into her own hands. So, like I say, non-spoiler review for this one. To be honest, even if I went into detail, you would be talking about dedicating a sizable portion of a review to talking about the headier themes that the movie's I would say for the most part handling really well. A couple of things I think it handles a bit clumsily, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, this is a movie which is using mechanisms and tropes that you've seen done before. Uh, the idea of the kind of final girl scenario, like ideas of playing with repetition of time a la something like Groundhog Day, Final Girls, even to an extent like Happy Death Day is one that springs to mind from, from kind of the, the modern time, except instead of repeating the same time over and over again, what you have is a killer that returns every night regardless if he's been murdered or not. So Bria Grant is a kind of self-help author um, who is struggling with, you know, ideas for book number two. And that's really your kind of setup. She returns home. So this is like basically everything you would see in the trailer. She returns home with her husband, wakes up in the middle of the night, looks out the window, there's a guy wearing a creepy mask, tries to break in the house. Her husband seems to be okay with this, acknowledging that this happens a lot. 
um, and then you're flung into a weird scenario which spirals down. So some of the stuff that I liked about this movie, I think one thing that aids it is it's an, just about an hour and 20 long. Actually, it's maybe less than that if you take off credits either side. You're probably sitting about an hour 15. So this is a breezy and very quick watch. At no point does it really take its foot off the accelerator either. Um, the, the premise of the killer returning every night means that you're never that far away from Bria Grant being in jeopardy. Um, I will say that her script for the most part is fun and playful and it, it kind of handles kind of higher societal issues, specifically around things like Me Too um, and just kind of things like mansplaining, which I hate that term. Mansplaining is a very uh, dismissive way of of identifying gender issues where men feel the need to over-explain to someone of the opposite sex because they just won't understand it. I think that's kind of silly. Like, coming from a household where, like, my wife is infinitely smarter than me, infinitely more successful than me, and, you know... I think I've got an... I don't think you need that to have an appreciation for for smart women, but there's a whole kind of subculture out there of men that just feel the need to kind of reinvent the wheel when it comes to explaining things. So there's a bit of mansplaining in here. In fact, there's a lot of mansplaining in here, but it's handled in a kind of fun and quirky way. So Bria Grant herself taking it from the kind of female position, I think has injected quite a lot of levity in it, which I think works really, really well. However, where I think it kind of topples over is there are about two or three scenes where the message the movie is trying to convey is basically said, like, outright. And in a weird way, I felt like the movie was mansplaining to me. I was like, I understand this already. You have me in. <laughs> you have me in here, Lucky. You don't have to, like, hold my hand or anything like that. I understand your concepts. I understand your ways. I'm on board. And then we have two or three bits of dialogue there that just in case you were thinking maybe maybe these maybe this might have a deeper meaning, like they then go and state it out. Which, like I say, just frustrated me. I, I, I always like to think that horror movies should try and pander to an audience that comes in with a degree of intelligence instead of the, well, we need to make sure everyone understands our concepts because um, we don't. We don't, we don't need that. Sometimes the, the fun and joy of watching a movie is trying to parse out afterwards, even if you haven't picked up during the time. Like I said, I did. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a bit clumsy. I also felt the longer the movie went on, it kind of... And, and in fairness to Lucky, all movies... Groundhog Day does this, Happy Death Day does this as well, where it just becomes a vehicle for set up you know, set up, stock, slash, kill sort of thing. Um, and that works as we through a couple of cycles where we get like almost, not a montage, but it feels like quicker repetitions to that, which overall, mm, um, it starts to break its own rules a little bit in terms of when the killer appears, which was, mm, and, and you know, we spent so much time kind of trying to explain the previous part that we don't on this. And then there's a couple of things that were just head scratching from my perspective. Like she's a, the same way where I reviewed Hunted and I said the problem with Hunted was that there is a 
intelligent woman being stalked for survival in the woods, yet she's running around in a bright red jacket that she never takes off is a frustration to me. There's a frustration in watching Lucky in that no one believes her that she's being stalked, um, etc. And at no point does she think cameras. She's walking around with a camera phone, um, cameras in the head, like anything like that that she could do to give her proof she doesn't do. It doesn't even cross her mind, which, I mean, kind of hurt my brain a little bit because we were trying lots of other things and the fact that we weren't trying this. There's a great scene in the middle of the movie, which I can't obviously get into too much detail, so it expands it more about this idea of kind of trauma being believed and that kind of the Me Too era conversations and messaging which is handled any kind of uh, like car garage thing for like a, a multi-story garage um which is really 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 well done I, I actually really enjoyed that and I thought that was to me that was the movie finally kind of hitting its stride and firing on all cylinders um it's surprisingly vicious you get some really good deaths in here the practical effects are also Awesome. I love the design of our killer. I love the mask that he wears. Um, I think the ending's a little bit... It's maybe one step too far, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But, you know, I can... Once again, it has a message, and at least it's sticking to its message. Um, if, at times, it feels like it's hammering its message home. But there, there's that as well. Bria Grant is a delight to watch. The fact that she both wrote and stars in this, I think, is, once again, a testament to what an underappreciated genre talent she actually is. Um, this will be my, what, fifth movie of hers, where she's either in, having written, or directed in the last eight months. And all of them, to me, have been, you know, shades of good to great. So, yeah, she's continuing to be a complete delight. The direction works really, really well. There's some fun camera movements. There's a coldness and weirdness that is just portrayed between certain characters and a level of absurdity that... Natasha uh, Natasha Kermani brings to the direction. Uh, there's a, there's almost a farcical scene in the middle of it where certain characters almost break out into song. And it's just like for a microsecond, but it's like the way everyone else is behaving kind of doubles down to that. There's a disconnect here between Bria Grant's character and what is happening around her, and I think that is the kind of simulation um, of of what it must feel like to be in that position where you are trying to turn for help and people are almost downplaying how much help you need or downplaying the event that's caused it. You know, I, I think that's handled really well as well. So yeah, overall, I, I mean, really strong in certain parts. I could have done without the movie, like, literally in two scenes, fully explaining through dialogue what the underlying message is, I got that, and that's a bit of a frustration to me, I've said that before many times, I don't like having things fully explained to me, um, it's like that way where, you know, you can see a filmmaker's influence in the movie, but then we walk into a room and then that filmmaker's poster's on the wall, and you're like, I get it, right, you like Argento, <laughs> like, you don't need to have his poster in there as well, um, I was following you, so I, that kind of felt a bit, you know, a bit shoehorned in there. The ending, I think, I know the stance it's going for. I think it's 
I could have done without it maybe to an extent so I wasn't like 100% sold on the ending but everything else is stellar here so yeah I mean I, I, this is one I would recommend you watch I think it is a surprisingly and I'm saying surprisingly in a way which now that I've said it feels kind of dismissive but in terms of I'd heard nothing about this movie nothing about the run up to it and Shudder recently has been picking things and putting them out there which it's been like Russian roulette whether or not they've been good um, so from that perspective Lucky was a surprising delight to watch um, and yeah I recommend that you go and check it out for sure when it comes to grading this one um, I'm going to come in at 3.5 I think on a subsequent watch it might go up to a 4 but like I say a couple of issues that dragged them for me mostly due to just how the how the messaging in the movie's handled in parts. I think it's just... It's a clever movie, and then it tries to explain to you why it's a clever movie, and I think that, in some respects, undermines the clever work that you've done before. I don't know if that makes any sense. That's a Duncan gripe. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's worth your time for checking out. Sure, it's on Shudder just now. 3.5 from this guy. We're going to take my final break when I come back. I'm closing the show right after this. <laughs> You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 329. This has been a Shudder exclusive review of the brand new movie, Lucky, which dropped yesterday. It's available now. Duncan the scene, go and check it out. You've got 3.5 from this guy there's a multitude of ways to check out the show wherever you're listening right now hit subscribe that we get access to the episodes as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of over 800 episodes there for you to check out subscribe to Teapots Collective that way you get where to begin with you get Opera Omnia Doing the Nasty and Chronicle and while you're at it jump across to our website where all the shows are housed it's teaputzcast.com over there, you can also check out the link for Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. That is a brand new show. Episode number two will be coming this month, approximately Friday the 19th. It's myself and the Baz representing podcast Under the Stairs and Scott and Liam versus Evil sitting down together, um, having some drinks, talking about horrible life choices and uh, picking some of the weirder news stories from around the world. If you want to be part of that show and send us a regrettable story, um, or a friend who did something regrettable or whatnot, and even if you want to remain anonymous, just put that in the email. You can do that by going to um, your email machine, typing up that email with that decision, and send it to regrettablepod at gmail.com and the Facebook group page, uh, which we're building up just now, but I foresee being a hive of just horrible life choices, uh, is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettablepod. For the podcast under the stairs, Deets, uh, our merch page is teaputzcast.bigcartel.com. Uh, on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputzcast. The Teaputz Collective on Facebook is just simply facebook.com slash teaputzcast. Um, you can interact and touch not only myself and Baz, because we're giving you permission, on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at teaputzcast. The podcast under the stairs will return tomorrow as we return to the warm, sweet, neglectful bosom of the 88 film slasher classic collection. This number 41, Terror Train, coming your way tomorrow. Hoo hoo! Don't know why I did that. 
that's an email for the regrettable pod, I think, for sure. But until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.